You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good evening. Welcome into the Online Enquirer podcast. Hello to all our live YouTube listeners joining us live after watching number 23, Illinois, give number four Marquette a game, but ultimately go cold and lose 71 to 64. Illinois makes just two of its final 16 shots in this one. There were some positive. Terrence Shannon, 21 points. Marcus Damask uh, had 18, a season high with Illinois, and Luke Goody, a career high with 13, but outside of that, Illinois didn't get much offensively uh, from anyone. And Derek Piper, that's where we will start because Tyler Kolek, the All-American point guard, preseason All-American point guard, didn't know if he would play. I said, I hope he plays because then we'll actually get to see this. Uh, I think Illinois fans are probably hoping he didn't play because he was the difference in this one. 24 points, six rebounds, four assists, got to wherever he wanted. Boy, point guard play is really important, Derek, and so is making shots. I would say so. Yeah, he's pretty good, isn't he? A uh, guy that looks like a surefire All-American and uh, making plays off the bounce. Illinois really couldn't contain him. I, I thought that uh, – I know Shaka mentions it. And to Illinois' credit, they prevented Marquette from going off from three. They stay home uh, in, in terms of help defense. It, it puts a lot of uh, one-on-one, two-on-two matchups uh, when you got Kolick and, and Oso Igadaro operating in that pick and roll. And uh, Illinois switched a lot on the perimeter, so I think they got in some matchups that – was tough uh, in terms of keeping him out of the lane. And he's not the most quick twitch guy and and shocking jokes that he can't jump jump higher than a phone book. But, uh, man, he's just really, really crafty, uh, just so experienced and and very just uh, cerebral and heady and and makes a lot of really, really great plays. And he went right at Illinois. I mean, he – you could see, thankfully, you know, us sitting close enough, his his ankle, like, is taped up to uh, above the – I don't know. It's probably taped up six inches, and above that, it's black and blue, purple, whatever you want to say. It, it doesn't look great. So he gritted um, that out, man. Tough, tough ass kid. Tough ass kid, Tyler Kolick, and um, and to grind through that, like it was a question whether he was going to play today. Like mm-hmm. even earlier today, Shaka Smart said, but he kept going in the starting rotation during shoot around. So, so kudos to man, him, man. He's a big time player, no doubt. And for him to to be hobbled a little by that and four points off a career high, which uh, I was afraid we were going to have another stat of Illinois giving up a career high to somebody uh, as there were too many of those last year. Um, they they got to be better than that. I think, I mean, I, I tip my hat to Tyler Kolick, but I, I think that there were some, 
situations where they made it too easy uh, of him getting to the lane and whatnot. And uh, I, I do think, you know, you know, Cam Jones ultimately ends up with a decent night, 15 points. But for the most part, I thought Terrence Shannon made uh, life difficult on him a good amount. Um, but really, it wasn't maybe the, the defense that hurt you a whole lot. It was Illinois' offense. And you mentioned it there, two for 16, the last 11-plus minutes. They had five turnovers mixed in with there, uh, with that. Um, it was it was ugly uh, offensively for Illinois, especially late. Uh, turnovers were a bad, uh, a big issue. I thought Illinois could really do some damage to Marquette on the offensive glass, which didn't happen. Illinois had five second-chance points. Uh, so that was very disappointing. And, uh, I, you know, really outside of Shannon, Damask, and, and Goody, you didn't get a whole lot. So uh, yeah, a lot of different five, ways. Five for 24 from the rest of the team. But, yeah, yeah, defensively, I am not too concerned that Kolek went off. He's a really good player. Um, and I thought Illinois defensively did what its game plan wanted to do, which was force them to shoot twos. And Illinois was 8 for 16 at the rim today. Marquette wasn't very good either. They were 16 mm -hmm. for 29. I thought Illinois' length and physicality really bothered them. I think defensively, Illinois gave themselves a chance to win this game, despite Colette going off, because they limited Marquette to 17 three-point attempts. This is a team that made 9 of 25 against NIU, 13 of 30 against Ryder. This team offensively, I think, can – can be in the high 70s, low 80s uh, in the Big East and, and be an elite offense that I can see going deep into the tournament. I love the way this Marquette team pushes the pace. They're a fun team to watch, man. I, I just like all the pieces they have together. And they have two dynamic guards, and Illinois certainly needs the dynamic guards. But offensively is what I'm concerned about, Derek. And this game kind of went how I thought it would go and that Illinois would compete with one of the best teams in the country because of its defense. But offensively, are they good enough? that's what you're concerned about is this team is good enough to compete with the best teams. They're good enough defensively to, to easily make the NCAA tournament, in my opinion, but offensively they have so many limitations because they don't have a true point guard and they're so reliant on threes going in. Um, and even though someone in tonight, they made 11 threes out of 33, they weren't able to finish at the rim. So I, I'm not like overly reacting to this one that, Oh, Illinois is not good enough, but the concerns we thought would be here, making shots, creating offense, they're here. No doubt. Yeah, no, I think the better team won tonight, but there was a real opportunity for Illinois, especially in that second half where it, there were multiple points during the night where it's like Marquette's only up five, Marquette's only up this. It seemed like they were out playing Illinois a decent amount, and uh, obviously, you know, Coleman Hawkins, which I know we're going to get to, and the, the chat's blowing up, it was really struggling. And uh, for Illinois to, to have what he was going through and just the, the lack of other supporting cast members around the, the three that we talk, have been talking about. Uh, it seemed like Illinois was fortunate to be in that position, but uh, Marquette was kind of going through their own stuff offensively, middle of the second half, and, and Illinois didn't take advantage by really asserting themselves further by, you know, I think they tied it, maybe took a two-point lead, but uh, could have pushed further on, and, and they didn't because of their own sloppy mistakes. And uh, they just weren't that tough with the ball, uh, I think, in terms of, you know, offensive rebounds or even defensive rebounds leading to Marquette getting second-chance opportunities. But, yeah, I mean, there, there's a different a couple of different ways to go with it. Uh, point guard is certainly something um, of not having that guy. You know, it's, it's easy. It, it looks easy when you can put the ball in Kolek's hands. Uh, a point guard, you know, every possession and let him create something, let him break something down. Yeah, that dichotomy to, was on display, right? Like, not, no, no, no one's going to have – like not everyone has Tyler Kolek. There are very few teams that have a point guard as good as him. Um, listen, I don't know if he's an NBA player because he doesn't have great athleticism. He's not that big, but uh, he's just one of the best college point guards in the country. But Illinois just doesn't have that guy. Like Dre Gibbs Allhorn came in the game, uh, shot a couple threes, and that was mm -hmm. about it. Justin Harmon, 
has been non-existent in this regular season yeah. so far. It was a concern I had back in the summer, but he looked good against Kansas. Uh, they don't have that guy right now. It, it's Marcus Damask, Coleman Hawkins creating Terrence Shannon off the dribble. And just as Brad under said, Brad said bullying, bullying himself to the rim, but uh, got out of control and had five turnovers. Coleman had five turnovers tonight. It, it's just an offense that can get really stagnant and, and re- it relies so much on ball movement and precision and execution. It does. And also the dynamic is a lot based around Coleman as a stretch five, you know, really being able to stretch the floor. And if you're going to be a stretch big, you need to shoot it. You need to shoot it well. You need to make that a situation where it's tough for the the defense. And uh, so still the, the point remains that he's a guy that's just very inconsistent as a, as a three-point shooter. And, you, you got to go with the four-year sample size at this point. I know he's he's in his fourth year, but I mean he's a, he's a below thirty percent three-point shooter. Um, ball in his hand in terms of decision making, he still makes some some bad passes, some bad decisions. Um, when he's in that big of a rut, it's very hard for Illinois based on how much they're putting the ball in his hands. I mean they they want to play a lot through him in the high post, top of the key, uh, use him in, in decision-making opportunities as a passer, handoff action, pick-and-pop stuff. And when Coleman doesn't want to take pick-and-pop threes or, or space-out threes that are that are, are there, then uh, or, or is missing missing and missing badly, as he did uh, a good amount tonight. I don't want to put it all on him either. I, I think um, – They need more from Coleman Hawkins. They do. I, I, they I, do. I, this, is, this should be an all-Big Ten caliber player – I mean, if you're going to talk about him as an NBA prospect, he has to play better because he's not playing oh, like an 100%. NBA prospect right now. Uh, five points on two of nine shooting. Listen, the three-point shots don't bother me. It's the type of three-point shots. Like, he needs to take the in-rhythm ones, not hesitate. Like, those are fine with me. He made one in the corner late in the game. Like, those are the shots you need to take. He needs to shoot. So, every time I hear people huff and puff when he shoots, it's the turnaround, fade away, or dribbling into a shot. That That's not Coleman's game. Um, and I, I just thought he was – He's trying to do too much. He's dribbling too much. Brad Underwood told him that. He, Coleman didn't seem to like that. But I'll, I'll give Coleman this. He's put in tough situations because he's got to be the point guard. Like Coleman yeah. Hawkins has to be the point guard on this team. So does Marcus Damask. This team is lacking a point guard. And the coach was not able to get one. Or the the guy that's the best one right now is Dre Gibbs Wallhorn. So it's, it's going to be a concern the rest of the year about can this team get to its full potential or does it have a, a high potential without that point guard? It can cap your ceiling. It definitely can. Um, and then the the shooting inconsistencies can definitely do that as well, which, like you mentioned, they, they make 11 threes tonight. Um, they got going there a little bit in the second half to make that stat look a little bit better than it was earlier in the game. I thought they took way too many threes in the, in the first half. I mean, not being able to attack what was the worst two-point field goal defense in the Big East last year. Like, they – have profiled as a team that can really disrupt you, you know, outside of the three-point arc, and, and they'll trap you at times and uh, do some things to create some turnovers. But if you can break them down and get inside, yes, Oso and Igadaro is a, a mobile five-man that can block some shots, but there was opportunities to hurt them in the lane uh, and then also on the on the offensive glass as well. So uh, Illinois not being able to do that, but they settled for threes way too much. And, uh, yeah, I think also um, – Coleman's just kind of being in that in that situation where I mean late in the first half where he I think he pumps fakes a three decides to dribble into the mid post where they've been trapping everything and they do they'll do it for the rest of the season they trap whenever it goes inside they come with the trap and he throws it out you know out of bounds across the half court line and goes out of bounds and he's frustrated and um, he's just he has not been good to start this season 
Um, not to rag on him too much. He does need to be better. Uh, but Oso Godara right now, uh, Sam Vecini, the athletic, has him as a early second-round pick. He, he took Coleman off of his mock draft. And right now, I, I don't think that that looks wrong. Yeah, Ose looked like the, the NBA big man uh, tonight. That is for sure. Um, I want to get to some of the, the super chats that we have. You can send those in. We'll get to all you guys' questions. We've got Brad Underwood, a little clip of him coming up. We'll hit on Fedigators here. 499 super chat. Where is the off-ball movement in this offense? I felt like Bruce Weber yelling, move. But it'd be more like, move from the stands the entire second half. What do you think of that, Derek? Yeah, they don't run a ton of sets. I will say that based on watching what, what we've seen so far. And uh, I think there is maybe an argument to be made for for dialing some things up uh, a little bit more in terms of the set action. They, they want to play that that zoom, which is you put Coleman at the top of the key. They screen away. They try to get some handoffs. Uh, he can either roll or pop. And uh, I, I think that that's where if you, if you watch Kansas, what they did a really good job of is when uh, they would go to that corner. So, like, say Ty hands it to Coleman and then goes and screens for Damask. Damask can make that decision. Do I come up to Coleman or if my guy's hugging me, I back cut the baseline. And, and that pr- provides that opportunity for a decision to Coleman for Coleman to make and a decision for Damask to kind of read and react on that. So that's where they want the, the cutting and the movement to be. It's been a lot more clunky and stagnant since getting the regular season. Uh, and, and it hasn't been something they can establish consistently. So uh, I think Marquette's – uh, backcourt pressure did kind of throw them off a little bit. Uh, they didn't mix uh, zone and man as much as I thought they might. They might play a, a good chunk of that 3-2 matchup zone, which they sprinkled in, but not a ton. Uh, so I, I think that there's some of that maybe in, in terms of trying to get more more uh, off-ball designed action instead of maybe just trying to play it free-flowing th- free with, with their set, or I should say with their their, their overall scheme. Um, especially again, if Coleman's not going to be someone that is going to be that playmaking shot making five, it's kind of hard to maximize that offense that really is built around him making plays out of that position. All right, we'll get some of your questions coming up, but uh, let's hear a little bit from Brad Underwood in his post game press conference breaking down this loss to Marquette. Toughness, uh, we had a few rebounds late that we didn't secure. I thought we, we had them, we had good stops, we had good presence, and then. Um, you know, they just knocked the ball out of her hand. And then, you know, you got to hit Oso with that length and wingspan. Uh, he back tipped. He had six offensive rebounds. And, um, you know, all of a sudden, you know, a couple unfortunate turnovers, a couple missed layups, and uh, that's the ball game. I thought Marcus was sensational uh, tonight. It was great to see him in an Illinois uniform just kind of break out. Um, he was fantastic. Uh, I thought Luke came in and, and um, you know, we saw what Luke is capable of. Uh, Quincy with 10 rebounds. Um, yeah, I thought Justin uh, gave us a great spark uh, as well. But uh, again, uh, give them credit. Uh, we're a really good basketball team. Uh, they were better tonight. And uh, take your hat off to them. And, and they made plays down the stretch. And uh, we've got to continue to grow with our chemistry and our togetherness and development and 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 that'll that will take effect in execution and, and some other things but uh, take that off to uh, uh, Marquette tonight 
You've heard us talk about home field apparel since the start of the season. There are a lot of collegiate apparel brands out there, but we wanted to partner with Home Field because their designs are the best out there. Some of Illini Enquirer's favorites are the Basketball Ringer Tee, the Rose Tee, and the 1980s Long Sleeve with the Script Illini. It's great. Be sure to check out homefieldapparel.com, filter by Illinois, and see what we're talking about. And our listeners get an exclusive deal using code Illini23. Using that code Illini23 gets you 15% off your first order. We all know you're wearing Illini gear, so if you're in need of a refresh, we really think that you should check out Home Field Apparel, which has the best designs, and these shirts, guys, are really comfortable. Their designs are super unique, and a lot of thought goes into each concept. There's really nothing else on the market like what Home Field is doing. You can find them at homefieldapparel.com and use code Illini23 for 15% off your first order at homefieldapparel.com. This episode of the Illini Enquirer podcast is presented by Underdog Sports. We see a lot of you are downloading Underdog Sports, using the promo code, and having fun, which we love to see. If you haven't already checked out Underdog Sports, be sure to do so. It's super easy to use. You go on the app, go pick whether favorite players will have a higher or lower stat total than what is listed. For example, Travis Kelsey... He's very popular these days. If his number is set at 50 receiving yards, and you know Taylor Swift is in the house, you may feel confident he's going to go way higher than the number. Do that with two to five different players, and you're in business. If you go five for five, you can 20x your money. So sign up today with promo code Illini and get your first deposit doubled up to $100. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the App Store. And don't forget to register with promo code Illini to get your first deposit doubled up to $100. There are a lot of fantasy companies out there, but we decided to partner with Underdog because it's the easiest place to play fantasy sports. It's also the fastest growing fantasy app in the industry. You must be 18 or older and present in a state where Underdog Fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play? Call one 800-522-4700 or visit www.ncpgambling.org I will give, agree with Brad Underwood I think Illinois is a good basketball team I, I do I think defensively they're they're really good uh, but uh, I, I just don't know if they'll be great uh, and that's what we got to find out I do think Marquette can be great Derek so I, I think it's great these early tests man like uh, this is this is great to find out who you are and you got plenty more coming up with with FAU here on the schedule, you got Tennessee in a couple of weeks, one of the best teams in the country. You talk about a tough team with a really good player in Dalton Connect. Uh, we're going to find out a lot about what this team is, and they're going to have plenty more opportunities to get great wins. But you did miss an opportunity, Derek, because you had the chance like to, to win this game with five minutes left. You're tied there. You had a three-point lead midway through the second half and, and unable to get it, so that stings. Yeah, I think Marquette's got Final Four potential. Um, they didn't play their best game tonight in terms of their three-point shooting and uh, free throw shooting was was poor for them as well. So uh, there were there was areas where I, I think they were gettable tonight, uh, especially with Kolik hobbled. Um, but yeah, as far as Illinois goes, yeah, I mean, this was look, this was a tough game, uh, but at the same time, you're playing on your home floor. Uh, to have a marquee win, this this non-conference slate, you're putting yourself in a position now. You need to go away from home and get one, whether it be in the Jimmy V against FAU. I think it's probably going to be – now that they were in the Final Four for a reason last year, but probably a, a, an easier or just a – I don't know if they're as good as Marquette. I don't probably think they're as good as Tennessee, but going, you're going to have to go into Tennessee to try to get one of those. Uh, essentially, what, I, what I'm getting to is, like, those are your real three opportunities mm-hmm. for a hang-your-hat 
on win in the non-conference. Um, so uh, losing one at home stings. Uh, I'm not saying, you know, the Big Ten will provide plenty of opportunities with the schedule Illinois currently has uh, to get there, but they do need to figure some things out offensively. And I, I thought there were a little bit of, we talked about it after Kansas, uh, Illinois' closing time efforts. Some of the, the offense was not particularly pretty. Now, Illinois was able to get away with it uh, and be able to close out that game, but uh, the fact that Marquette, who has been together a lot, like they returned eight of their top nine scorers from last year, uh, I and then they have that point guard in Kolick, like they're built to succeed in those late game moments. Illinois right now, without a point guard, still figuring some things out it is more of a challenge. So, uh, And that was the issue last year, right? Of course. Like, didn't you break that down? There was, you had some great stats about clutch moments or close yes. games. Like Illinois was not able to – to pull it out. And Brad, Brad said one of his best answers in the, in the post-game press conference was uh, I asked him besides toughness and, and the things he talked about, what was the issue offensively? And he said, well, it was just Terrence going downhill and Marcus Damas trying to create his own shot. Um, and everybody standing around reminded me of last year and, mm-hmm. and it did. Yeah. And, and of course, uh, I think people are going to, some people are going to fairly say, well, if you want more movement, you got to kind of scheme that up uh, at times. I think at times there's, that's, completely fair. Uh, I think there's going to be some situations where, you know, guys are going to get more comfortable with each other. They're going to understand if Marcus Damask is on a, on a smaller guy, maybe you get that mid post and you throw it into him. I just like his, his poise and his ability to kind of hit that, a turnaround jump shot in the lane. Uh, I like that out of him. And I think that's something you might want to go to down the stretch of games. And uh, obviously Terrence, anytime you get the ball in his hands uh, to go downhill, you want to be able to do that. Uh, he had some pull up threes today, which uh, there have been games where uh, that's, that's not, Maybe a shot that you want him taking too many of, but uh, and then you need more out of you know Justin Harmon's supposed to be someone that you can get a little punch from, and uh, Drake Zawhorn I think he's going to learn more, and I, I I wouldn't have expected him in a game like this to to give you a ton. It's not a really an ideal matchup or, or just early challenge for a freshman to give you a lot. I think he fell in love with the outside shot a little bit too much, but uh, just getting little contributions from a, a, some other guys can can make up for um, some things. But you know it, they they do Justin need. Harmon. Justin Harmon, by the way, four points in three games. It's not not great. Uh, I will say, I, I mentioned this to Joey, um, if you think back, you, now you only get him for one year, so it's a little different. Andres Felice is, and I know you hate this comp, Andres Felice, Jacob Grandison, those guys transferring in, they had slow starts. They really did. Yep. And I'm, not, I'm not trying to make too many excuses for a guy that's played a lot of college basketball, but um, I, I do think that that is something that does come to mind, but they need more from him. And I thought he played pretty well uh, against Kansas in that exhibition game. And, and so far this regular season, he's been fairly non-existent. So, um, yeah. this Quincy Guerrier, by the way. Yeah, Quincy Guerrier, by the way, uh, zero points. I thought he got good shots. Uh, 0 for 2 from 3. Both of them were open in the corner. But 10 rebounds. He, he's getting after the glass. I, I do mm-hmm. appreciate that he's doing that. But Marcus Domask was fantastic today. Um, just his ability to kind of create his own shot at times, Derek. The, yeah. I love the the – the fadeaway that he can do, the post-ups he can do. He moves the ball really well. He makes his free throws. He was three of seven from three today. Uh, I didn't ha- I, I didn't have any concerns through a slow start through two games, but he was a huge bright spot tonight. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and that's something he's done a lot of, uh, obviously, in his career to score as many points as he has at Southern. And I, I just thought he was pretty comfortable um, and, and more aggressive and trying to find – those opportunities for him to look for a shot and, and getting him those kickouts. I mean, him and Goody both in the corner, uh, those were really quality looks. And, and 
Illinois needed that. I mean, without them going, I think there were seven for 14 combined from three. I mean, that was a huge shot in the arm. So uh, Marcus Mass is a really skilled offensive player, and he's got some some size to him as well. Not not the most athletic, and I, I do think that defensively, uh, he got he he's got some. Um, some weakness there. I mean, he, he can't. Stand, there. Yeah, yeah that, that's the best way to say it. Um, but offensively, he can more than make up for it. So uh, I, I would look to just continue to see him uh, blossom and, and play through him more, I think, especially uh, if Coleman's not going to be that, you know, the one-two punch. If it's not Terrence and Coleman, maybe you got to lean even more into it being Terrence and, and Marcus. Obviously, you want to get Coleman right. Uh, this team just needs to be more, more steady, like, and, and maybe that'll come. But for an old team, this is a really old team on the whole, to have the turnovers that you did, just kind of the sped-up nature of what they were down the stretch, maybe that's not going to happen. Maybe it's just kind of who they are without a point guard, and you're, you're trying to play through Terrence and Coleman, who had a lot of turnovers and had, had turnover issues last year too. So um, can you get that out of this team? Because, you know, by their age, they should be pretty steady. Yeah, and the guy, I mean, Coleman needs to be way steadier. Uh, oh, yeah. Terrence, I'd like to see that mid-range game still. I'd still like to, I, I'm still looking for that. Um, he had one I, that I, ripped out, but, yeah, that was the first one I've seen him pull in pretty much the first three games. Because, listen, if I'm Terrence Shannon, I feel like I can bully myself to the rim all the time too, but it's leading to turnovers. Uh, it, it, they're difficult finishes. We saw it last year. Um, that's difficult. Guy had 21 points. He was really good at moments tonight but th those are the little things i think can make him just a little bit more efficient but i'm not concerned too much about him dc with a 199 super chat how much did we miss sincere needed him on number one thought about that during the game and put that in my don't overlook Derek. this was exactly where you put in the same categories last year uh, as far as facing a pretty high level point guard and you think back to the last season and tiger campbell in vegas and to a lesser extent, but in terms of his caliber, but still a, a great example, what Sincere did to Marcus Carr and what he did to Boo Booey. And while Tyler Kolick was just absolutely rolling and cooking pretty much anybody that he was getting those one-on-one -on -one matchups with, Sincere Harris is a guy that can cut off an angle and get into him and make him a little uncomfortable. Um, I should have looked to see if Chester was having a conversation with Sincere. Hey, can we, can we pull this? Can we pull the plug on this? You know, what's funny is some of the, the dialogue around – that I, when I was trying to check in with people, it was like, Hey, you know, maybe there will be a time where we're just like, man, we really need you. Can you, can you, can you think about it for another? I mean, he was in uniform tonight, um, but obviously wearing the, the warm ups and not, not taking them off with any intention of doing so. So uh, I think this was the ideal spot for Illinois to, to put him out there. And look, I mean, you heard Greg Campy talked about it. Uh, Shaka mentioned it tonight, you know, Shannon and Rogers have been getting a lot of, a lot of talk for what they're doing as physical, athletic guards on the perimeter. If you can throw Sincere out there too, I know he's not going to help what you what happened offensively for you tonight. Uh, he's got his shortcomings uh, offensively for sure, but I think he would have been a, a really nice matchup in terms of trying to just show him something different, try to try to speed him up, trying to cut off his angles. Um, I, I would have liked to seen that, obviously. Yeah. All right, we'll get some more uh, chats here coming up, but. Uh... Isaac Ambrose sent us a couple of them. Turning point of the game, Derek, do you have a specific moment of when this game turned? It felt like some of those turnovers that they had uh, later in this game. Yeah, no, I, I think it was. I can't maybe pinpoint exactly, but it, it was the middle of that second half where uh, Marquette was having some issues scoring themselves. The crowd was getting back into it. I, 
Coleman hit they an answer, though. They always had – there was Kolak or Cam Jones. They Every time Illinois, this building was phenomenal tonight. Every yeah, time Illinois had that, uh, Cam Jones makes a three or Tyler Kolak makes uh, a three off an offensive rebound, right? And he was talking some smack to Terrence Shannon, as he should. Um, but, yeah, every time Marquette had an answer, so kudos to them. They did. Yeah, I, I remember Coleman hitting a big three uh, from the corner. Illinois had some – some big shots where they obviously climbed back to the point of, of tying it or a slight lead, and it just seemed like a chance to, to maybe take a little, take it a little step further, or kind of trade punches for a little bit longer. And then once it, it goes from like a slight Illinois lead to all of a sudden they're down six, it just felt like Marquette was back in control. And knowing who their point guard was, and knowing that this team had, had, has been together a lot, it, it seemed unlikely, and it was that Illinois was going to be able to to overthrow that, that momentum again. It felt like it was a, for as, as rough as some of the, the patches were through the game to get to the point where Illinois is actually leading. It, it seemed like that was their chance to kind of stay in it or, or stay head above water. And they couldn't remain there. Illinois needed some more offense tonight, but Dane danger, just four minutes. Derek, did that surprise you at all? I mean, if you would have told me four minutes going into the game, I, I would have been a little bit surprised, I guess, but um, as, as I studied Marquette and saw the fact that I already mentioned, I mean, they trap the post every time. They do. Every time you, you enter it into a post up, they're coming over to trap you. So I think that that obviously takes away from what Dane wants to do offensively. Could he have helped you a little bit more on the offensive glass? I think you could maybe wonder about that. Um, and, and him against Oso, I, maybe when Oso at times was, was trying to assert his strength in those – those one-on-one matchups against Coleman, uh, Dane obviously has more more physicality to him. But in general, I, I think it, it does provide some limitation in terms of what Illinois is going to do. Offen- so offensively, they're going to trap the post. It takes away what Dane can do personally. If you're not going to feed him in the post, you're going to try to run pick and roll or whatever. And uh, him and tie together, that clogs the lane. I think that's something that you look at. Uh, and then maybe defensively, he's kind of against a mobile big man like oh so i think they they wanted coleman out there as much as possible but uh yeah four minutes for a guy that can help you and, and on a night when you didn't rebound very well I, it's a little bit surprising yeah ebay motors is here for the ride remember when you first saw the potential and then through some elbow grease fresh installs and a whole lot of love you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own look to your left look to your right it's official no one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. 
All right. Um, Scott asks, they moved the ball well against KU. What the heck happened tonight? I just I, – I, I go back they to – They made I, shots against Kansas. That that helps. They made more of those for sure. Um, when you have, That kind of lies within it. Like, Coleman really hurt Kansas in the pick and pop. Great against Kansas. Uh, he really did. Like, being able to hit four threes – and then all of a sudden you start getting that that opposing five man creeping further and further out there. You can shot fake a little bit and, and put it on the ground. Although tonight and tonight he just he takes some of those step backs and and just I think Illinois offensively got into a situation where there was a lot of like trying to to weave it into Terrence's hands and have him go make an ISO play and and same with with Marcus at times. So uh, you look at the assist numbers and they're pretty similar in that Illinois was low. I think there were eight and Marquette was seven. Um, Illinois by design did that to, to Marquette defensively. But uh, I, I mentioned, I think that, you know, maybe trying to look to run a little bit more set plays. Um, and then yeah, I, Nick, know, Nick just mentioned, I love what we have personnel wise. The ceiling of this team depends on the staff building up this offensive system. The, the pieces are there saying that Underwood needs to, to do a little bit more of these sets. Like what, what is that Derek? Like what, what kind of offense would you like to see more of? I think when when Marcus is getting going, you can you know run some pen downs for him, get him coming up the, you know he's he starts out in the corner and and then you, you get some a stagger screen for him to come down and but some of that is you know within the design of the, of, of what they're trying to do a little bit with Zoom is that uh, the guy is bringing the ball up, although some of that maybe is in terms of off ball stuff for Marcus is taken away because he's bringing the ball up a lot of times, but uh, just putting the ball in. Coleman's hand, screening away, getting the guy coming up. And then, like I talked about, I think from the corner, you can make that decision. Do you come up to the ball? Do you cut if your man is is looking uh, or trying to lock and trail you? So um, you, you want to get Terrence in some good situations uh, to set up his downhill um, and, and that thing. And, and I think that um, it's just something that they're going to have to they're going to have to evaluate. Um, there's some limitations within just kind of the there's only so much you can do with Ty. Uh, there's only so much you can do with, with certain guys. So um, you're not going to feed the ball into Coleman in the post. He's got to be a guy that's playing out in space. And um, so I, I think a lot of this is, is I think their best offense a lot of times from a playmaking standpoint is Coleman's has the ball and they're, they're doing some stuff off the ball to, to get open and set some things up. And uh, some of it is going to have to just be Terrence going downhill and whatnot, but I'm sure they're going to, Lock into that and try to try to figure out what they can can execute. Craig says Gary A was needed for rebounds, but then also needed Goody for shot making. Tough decision there at the at the four. Um, listen, I thought both those guys had something. Yes, if, if Quincy just made one of his threes or two of both of his threes, like those were open. I like what he's giving you. You would like to see some of that Kansas off the dribble kind of stuff a little bit more, yeah. attacking that baseline a little bit. They just need some easy buckets at the rim. I, I mean, eight of sixteen at the rim and. Would you have 10 for 27 from two tonight? Yeah, like, yeah. that can't happen. And again, to go back, it's against a team that doesn't guard the inside the arc all that well. They didn't do it very well last year. Uh, Marquette was allowing teams to shoot like 53, 54% inside the arc, and Big East play it was the worst in the league. And uh, that's where you really should have been able to hurt them. I thought if you could get down past that first level, you could get into the lanes, you could get on the, the offensive glass and I think that's another thing. We can talk about system and drawing things up all we want. If when you on a night you shoot thirty five percent, 
you should have a lot more second chance points. You, you, there are plenty of misses to go get. Obviously, when you shoot like when you shoot that percentage, you got to be able to. For as physical as this team is, is supposed to be, uh, they're an older team. Uh, Gary A. I mean, Coleman. I know that's the most physical, but a guy should be able to go to the rim uh, and get get second chance points. Um, Terrence Damask. You need a lot more of that. And those have been staples. That's been a staple of Brad's teams for the years of offensive rebounding. This team right now has not been great at it. Nick points out they shot 85% from the line tonight. That's right, 11 of 13. I would like that 13 number higher, though, Derek. That would, I mean, get get Terrence and Damas to the line. Uh, those guys make them uh, for the most part. So that was one nice thing. You just didn't get there enough. They fell in love with three too much. They did. Yep. Uh, they they. They settled for those shots uh, too much. Uh, I would have. I'd like to go back and watch it. You know what was left on the shot clock when they took some of those those threes, and, and there were some scramble mode situations for Marquette. You know they Illinois would get through their press, and they kind of have some advantages. Where I, I vividly remember a, a Dra- one of Dre Gibbs Lawhorn's threes from the, the left wing. He's wide open, which at times you know you might sit there and say, Dre, you're a good shooter. We want you to shoot that shot. I, I think there was a pretty clear lane for him at least to to go attack and drive and, and use your athleticism uh, to be able to at least draw some contact and go to the line. So uh, there are obviously some guys on this team you don't want going to the line, but um, 13 is not enough. I think you can make up for some of the shot-making deficiencies uh, from this team. If they offensive rebound, if they get to the free throw line, neither they did enough tonight. All right, Derek, next three games, Valparaiso, Southern, Western Illinois. Can we learn anything about this team in the next three games? No, <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't. That's probably too uh, assertive of an answer. But no, I think I think you're right. Uh, I think they're going to dominate defensively. I think what you want to get get here is, you know, get some offensive rhythm, but maybe get guys some confidence. Dre Gibbs, Allhorn, Dane Danger, uh, Justin Harmon. Uh, that that's kind of what I would be looking for because I, I know what Terrence Chan's going to be. He's going to be really freaking good. Marcus Damas will be really freaking good. Coleman Hawkins, for me, it's more about these big games. Uh, but I do want to see some consistency out of him. But I think getting some – these tertiary scoring options, getting mm-hmm. those guys going a little bit offensively would be kind of what I'm looking for. No, yeah, I think that kind of big picture evaluation of what this team is or where they're going, we're not going to learn anything. But there's definitely things to work on. That, Like you said, getting those other guys – in a rhythm, trying to figure out, you know, what Justin Harmon's role is going to be, how that looks, uh, developing further Dre Gibbs Lawhorn and, and trying to get him to just mature a little bit in terms of his seasoning and, and more minutes uh, will be the best learning opportunity for him. Uh, Amani, I don't think Amani's going to play, uh, you know, huge minutes, at least a huge role right now in, in terms of his projection, but uh, getting those guys some work as well. And, uh, I think Coleman's confidence and mentality over these next couple of weeks before you get to December is very, very important to, to try to address and work on and uh, getting him back into a, a situation where he's confident, where he is sure of himself in terms of what he wants to do and, and that he's bringing positive energy for this team. I think there have been a number of times where he's just he's let his frustrations you know, kind of snowball. Uh, and honestly, it shows up. It's been showing up, and I don't know if I remember it as, as vividly about this happening last year, but there are times defensively where he's making mistakes he doesn't normally make, I think because he's frustrated and in his, yep. in his, in his head a little bit. So uh, trying to get him back right is, is very, very important. And if, if we want to talk about – Brad mentions trying to diversify and, and dig deeper on what this 
this offense should be it's a great opportunity to work on that uh, against some some by game teams that you could experiment a little bit with and, and and focus a lot on yourself more so than what the scouting reports are going to say. Brad's usually pretty vanilla offensively early in the year, isn't he? And then they kind of yes. build on that. So I think these games and in, in these next couple of weeks, because I mean, you have Southern on Sunday, then you get another five days until you play Western Illinois, and then you got eight days, Derek, before you play Rutgers, right? So they have a lot of time over these next two weeks and some games um, to, to really work on that kind of stuff. And I would think you've seen enough defensively where you feel pretty good uh, about what you're going to be. I think Coleman's going to be better defensively, so that's my concern right now. Mm-hmm. Like I think that'll get fixed. Um, but offensively, I think, is really where Brad Underwood and his staff the next two and a half, three weeks are, are going to focus, and, and you'll have the practice time to do it. For sure, yeah. And, uh, you know, some will maybe – question you know why why do you wait so long to to install your your offensive stuff and it's not to say that they you know haven't been repping what they're doing right now but maybe yeah. add more add more wrinkles more set stuff um obviously only only brad and, and those guys really know what's in right now and what's available on the play card but yes being able to get in the practice gym um once again you don't you probably have to spend as much time worrying about what the scouting report's going to say uh in terms of a bunch of personnel and whatnot, you can focus a little bit more internally uh, and, and kind of dabble with some stuff uh, if, if that's what needs to happen or maybe just yeah. what you have installed, um, go ahead and and roll it out there and, and get some reps in it. So, um, yeah, I think it's a great opportunity to, to self-reflect and, and to, to work on some stuff and go out there and, and try to execute and see which, which groupings can give you the most flow and uh, opportunities to to maximize what you know is on the table offensively because I, I think that's going to be important as you get if Brad finds a five that he's most comfortable with in, in terms of attacking a, a very a very good team as you had tonight and that's what you probably see in some late game moments when that execution is the most needed. Uh, we'll get to this, Scott. Also cool to see Merez get a huge round of applause when they put him on the video board. Yes, since he's now official. And legally on the line, I, um, Rez Johnson was shown on the video screen. Comes down to Champagne yet again. It's a quick two hour ride for him, but, um, Rez Johnson, a line I signed, he was, was shouted out. But I tell you what, the biggest round of applause or ovation was the two times, twice, John Paddock was put on the screen. Isaiah Williams was too. He got a round of applause, but John Paddock living the high life right now, Derek. I can only imagine right, throwing what throwing for 500 yards will do the week after you have a game-winning long bomb uh, on the road in Minnesota. He's got to be living the dream. It's it's yeah. got to be uh, happy for him, obviously, and uh, very very intrigued by what his play is going to continue to be, assuming he's still going to get the the reps and the snaps. And uh, I don't know if the the video person was throwing out subtle subtle uh, signs of who's going to start on Saturday. If that's just kind of Warming up the crowd. I mean, the crowd was warm. They they wanted. I think I knew the crowd's answer. Yeah, I think I knew the crowd's answer on that question. Good for him. Um, yeah, I'm here for I'm here for the John Paddock love. He deserves it. Yeah. Uh, speaking of uh, the football, uh, because of football, Joey Wagner and I are going to be heading to Iowa late Friday night uh, after the Valparaiso game. Welcome back, Roger Powell, with the Valparaiso Beacons. I learned today that they changed their names from the Crusaders to the Beacons. 
Uh, they will be here Friday night, seven o'clock, but uh, we will not do a live post game podcast after that. Uh, Joey and I will not be here probably for the Southern game because uh, we got the football game on Saturday and some late nights there. But Derek and I will at least do a live post game podcast after Southern uh, so we can kind of recap what the weekend was for a line basketball. Sound good, Derek? Sounds great. You guys have been busting it during football season, so I'll. I'll hold down the fort, and we'll probably be a forty-point win against Southern. I don't think you guys are gonna miss too much. But let's hope it's uh, not not anything. I don't want to jinx anything, but you know, <laughs> let's hope it's not as competitive. Uh, but after that, man, I mean, this is the weak spot of Illinois' schedule. But then you got Rutgers on the road, Ford Atlantic at the Jimmy V Classic, at Tennessee, Colgate, which gave Syracuse a scare again. They had beaten Syracuse two straight years, uh, barely got out of. Uh, against Colgate with a win. So that's that's a sneaky mid-major opponent. And then Missouri, one more against Fairleigh Dickinson, and then here comes Big Ten play. So uh, it's going to heat up very quickly here. Thank you to everybody for seeing the Atlantic Wire podcast. Thanks to our live YouTube listeners. Appreciate the couple super chats tonight. Uh, appreciate all the support there. Hit the like button on the way out of the YouTube channel. Uh, give us a follow. Rating review wherever you get the podcast as well. For Derek Piper, I'm Jeremy Warner. Everybody have a great night. Take care of each other. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Illini Choir Podcast.